All right, so Kevin, a few weeks ago, asked me if I would speak, and I said yes, and then I thought about it, and I'm like, well, you know, I don't really speak, but I can come and I can share a message with you guys, and I can talk to you guys a little bit. The story that I chose as my favorite Jesus story is the road to Emmaus. Uh, it, generally speaking for me, whenever I'm looking through the Bible and I'm finding stories that I really like, the ones that stick out to me are the ones that I really have to think through, pray through, read through, maybe even multiple times until I can fully understand what the Scripture is actually saying, but then also what it's saying to me. So if y'all want to, he's going to have it up on the screen, but if you're having your phones or if you have a Bible and you want to open to that, it's going to be on the screen. It's going to be Luke 24, 13 through 35. So I'll give you all a second to do that. Okay, before we jump into this scripture, it's a journey, it's a walk. So before we do that, I want to tell you all a little bit about this ring. So this ring was my grandfather's ring. And my grandfather and I were super close growing up. We spent a lot of time together. Many, many hours, many, many weeks, many, many years we spent together. Pretty much everything that I know how to do with my hands, construction-wise, I'm not very good. But there are things that I can do with my hands that are pretty effective. I can pretty much catch the biggest fish in the ponds. He taught me how to do that. And when you think about going fishing, there's a lot of things that you do to use your hands. you got to take the fish off. He taught me how to do that. But before you catch the fish, you got to figure out how to put the worm on the hook. He taught me how to do that. He also taught me how to paint, which I may not be the best painter, but he taught me how to do that. The point is, he taught me how to do a lot of things with my hands. But when I got this ring, my grandmother actually gave it to me. And I was thankful for the ring because I knew that it was my grandfather's. I was thankful for the ring because it is a piece of jewelry, right? It has some type of monetary value to it. But I didn't find any significance in this ring because I didn't recognize it. All of those years, all of that time that I spent with my grandfather, being that close to him, mainly things that he showed me how to do was working with my hands. And in doing so, I had to watch his, but yet I never recognized this ring. So where we pick up in the story on this journey, on this walk, we're going to start at verse 13. Now that same day, two of them were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. They were talking with each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. Now, let's break down this first miniature passage that we have here. Now that same day, that same day is Sunday. That same day is Resurrection Day. That same day is the day that Jesus rose from the dead. That same day is the very first Easter. It is the Easter that made Easter famous as we know it today. Two of them, we'll see as we continue reading, one of them named Cleopas, the other remains unnamed, but there are two of them, and they're walking to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem. Jerusalem was a city that the Holy Spirit was to fall on, 
And yet these two guys are walking the wrong way. They're walking the wrong way. They're talking to each other about everything that had happened. As they talked and discussed these things with each other, Jesus himself came up and walked along with them, but they were kept from recognizing him. They missed out on the significance of Jesus because they did not recognize him. Now, we find out in the book of Acts that Jesus only has 40 days before he ascends into heaven. And yet we find him day one of resurrection walking with two people that we've never heard of that are going the wrong way. Two people that we've never heard of that in today's standard we would say that those two people would be insignificant. Not only are they insignificant, they're walking the wrong way. But Jesus is walking with them. Insignificant, going the wrong way. Can anyone in here, myself included, identify with going the wrong way? Maybe before, maybe right now, maybe today. Maybe before we came in here, we were actually going the wrong way. Can anyone in here feel and identify the insignificance of these two? But there's hope in that. Because Jesus is walking with them. Jesus is walking with them. Verse 17. He asked them, What are you discussing together as you walk along? They stood still, their faces downcast. One of them, named Cleopas, asked him, Are you the only one visiting Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? What things, he asked, about Jesus of Nazareth, they replied. He was a prophet, powerful in word and deed, before God and all the people. The chief priests and the rulers handed him over to be sentenced to death, and they crucified him. But we had hoped, but we had hoped that he was the one who was going to redeem Israel. And what is more, it is the third day since all of this took place. Had hoped. They had hoped. I had hoped that my parents would stay together. I had hoped that I would have found the person that I'm going to marry by now. I would have hoped that I would have gotten a better grade on that test. I would have hoped that the doctor report that I got wouldn't have been a negative one. I had hoped. You see, what they saw on Friday was the crucifixion. What they saw on Friday with their eyes was Jesus being put on the cross. So they had hoped. They had hoped. Now we see them on Monday walking. Sunday. We see them Sunday walking with their faces down, cast, because they lost all hope. Romans 8 says, But hope that is seen is not hope at all, But if we hope for what we do not have, we wait for it patiently. We wait for hope patiently. If they had hoped, but they don't hope anymore, then it was not real hope, because real hope would have lasted through Friday. Real hope would have lasted through Friday. 22. 
In addition, some of our women amazed us. They went to the tomb early this morning, but they did not find his body. They came and told us that they had seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. Then some of our companions went to the tomb and found it was just as the women had said, but they did not see Jesus. Earlier in Luke, we read that, in the same chapter actually, we read that two angels appeared. The women have gone to the tomb to take spices. Just as in today, we would go to a tomb to take flowers. They took spices. They got to the tomb. The stone was rolled away. Tomb was empty. Jesus was not there. The two angels that appeared said, Why are you looking for the living among the dead? He is not here. He is risen. He is not here. He is risen. But yet we find them looking for the living among the dead. Identification. Can we identify with that? Looking for the living among the dead. Looking for the living in other people. Looking for the living on Facebook, on Instagram, in our career, in our class. Looking for the living among the dead. Verse 25, he said to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all the prophets had spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them what he said in all the scriptures concerning himself. See, they didn't understand why God didn't save Jesus from the cross, right? He's God. And yet, on Friday, they saw that he was crucified. They had hoped. But they didn't understand why, if God is who he says he is, Jesus is who he says he is, why did he let that happen? All that they saw was defeat. They didn't see the victory. See, without recognizing Jesus, we will never be able to see victory because we are blinded by what we perceive as defeat. We're blinded by what we perceive as defeat. 28. As they approached the village to which they were going, Jesus continued on as if he were going farther. But they urged him strongly, Stay with us, for it is nearly evening. The day is almost over. So he went in to stay with them. So Jesus, so Jesus, so Jesus was invited in as the guest, and he immediately became the host. When he was at the, go back, Cody, go back one, I'm sorry, y'all. Okay, Revelation says, Here I am, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come in and eat with that person and they with me. Jesus used this seven-mile walk. Jesus used this seven-mile walk to knock on the doors of these two people. Knock on the door of these two people. We are on our own road, and Jesus is knocking. 
The question is, are we going to hear that knock? And then on the other side of that question is, when we do hear that knock, how are we going to respond? Are you listening for Jesus to knock? Verse 30. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, gave thanks, broke it, and began to give it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he disappeared from their sight. Jesus was invited in as a guest, but he became the host. The same characteristic is true in our own lives. When we open up our heart, when we open up our life, and we let Jesus come in, we open that up for him, and he comes in as a guest, but he immediately becomes the host and gives us the things that we need. Scripture doesn't tell us exactly what happens in this moment when their eyes were open and they recognized him. But maybe it was because we know that they were disciples of Jesus. So maybe they had seen him offer the blessing before. Or maybe when he took the bread and broke the bread and gave them the bread, they saw the scars on his hands of where the nails were. One thing is for certain. Significance was found when they recognized him. And he was always right there. Jesus is always right there. Jesus was always right there. Jesus will always be right there. And much like this ring that, we, that I talked about earlier, I looked back on some pictures, family pictures, pictures of my grandfather. And this ring was always there. I called my mom because I wanted to know more. I wanted to know more about this ring. Because before, I couldn't find any significance in it, other than the fact I knew where it came from, which did mean something. But there wasn't a lot of significance in that. So I called my mom and I asked her, can you tell me more about this ring? She said that my grandparents saved up to buy this ring because my grandfather really liked it. He was going off to war. And so he took this ring and he went to war. While he was over there, the stone fell out. But he kept the gold part. He kept the ring and brought it back. And when he got back, my grandmother went with him and they picked out another stone to put in it. And since that day, my grandfather has always worn this ring. And he never took it off. Now today, I can stand here with this and I can say that I have found significance because I can now recognize this ring the same way that I can recognize Jesus. Verse 33. They got up and returned at once to Jerusalem. There they found the eleven and those with them assembled together and saying, It is true, the Lord has risen and has appeared to Simon. Then the two told what had happened on the way and how Jesus was recognized by them when he broke the bread. You see, they walked with their faces down because of what they had hoped on Friday. They walked with their faces down. But when they recognized Jesus, it says they went back to Jerusalem. They went back to where the people were. So my question to you guys is this. 
If you're walking with Jesus, you're hearing from Jesus, and you're recognizing Jesus, are you running anywhere and telling anybody about it? Because there's a lot of people that aren't feeling that, that don't know that. So it's not enough for us just to recognize Jesus in and of ourselves, because we're called to be disciples. We're called to run like these guys to Jerusalem, to the city where the crowd is, and to tell people about Jesus. You see, for these two people, Cleopas, the one unnamed, this was their story. This was their road, the Emmaus road. Each of us has our own road. Some of y'all's roads go this way, take a left turn. Some go this way, take a right turn. Some of our roads have crossroads. Some of our roads have dead ends. It doesn't matter what your road looked like. What matters is that we recognize that Jesus is on that road with us. And then our eyes can be open and we can recognize that he was always right there. Jesus is always right there. He was always right there. And tomorrow, he will be right there. You guys pray with me. Father, I thank you for tonight. Thank you for the time that we had to spend here and fellowship together. I pray that this message would speak to the hearts of the people in this room and that the knocking that we hear, that we'll respond to that. And when we respond to that, we'll open our eyes, God, because we recognize that you are who you are. You are who you said you are, the Messiah, the King, the one that gave life for me. And although I don't always understand the road that I'm on, I can walk down it. Sure, I'll stumble. Sometimes I'll fall. But I'll get back up. I'll get back up because I know that you are right there with me. God, I pray that your blessings would fall richly on every individual in this room and that you would continue to work in us a mighty power that we can fill and that we know and understand and that we can share with others. Thank you for this night. and Thank you for what you do for us each and every day. In Jesus' name, amen.